It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Is the best head coaching candidate even in the NFL right now? I discuss that with the ringers, Austin Gales. We rank the top head coaching candidates in the upcoming hiring season. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Runner Ranks, your go-to daily ranks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you to all the everydayers out there for making Runner Ranks your first listen of the day. Don't forget, subscribe, like, follow, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst over at The Messenger. And this episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 dollars that's right ag austin gale joins the show we rank the top head coaching candidates in the upcoming hiring cycle there's already two surefire jobs available now in the carolina panthers and the las vegas raiders more likely than not obviously with interims there in both places but more likely they'll probably opt for someone outside as teams usually do so let's get right into it. we touched on that touching a little aaron Rodgers, a little bit of miscellaneous stuff at the back end Hope you guys enjoy. All right, we did coaches on the hot seat a few weeks back. If you haven't listened to that one, go check it out. I think one of the ones we already mentioned uh, is gone, obviously, in Frank Reich. And in honor of that, we're doing some replacements. Who are the best candidates to replace them? So, AG, who is your number three best head coaching candidate available? I don't know if everyone's as high on this guy as I am. I do think that... There are some execution issues with his offense that lead me to thinking, you know, giving me pause and make, not ranking him higher. But I, I like Shane Waldron a lot, offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. I think that he is showing he's willing to experiment offensively. I think he's showing that he's willing to be creative offensively. And I think he deserves a lot of the credit for, I wouldn't say, resur- I mean, maybe even resurrecting Geno Smith's career. Like, I, I, Geno Smith last year, comeback player of the year. This year, turnovers have picked up with Geno Smith, but I wouldn't necessarily say his play is markedly worse than what we even saw from him last year. I think the rushing attack is diverse. I think he's he's done a really good job with a very young offensive line, a very injured offensive line. Now, has to be said, Seahawks are worse than they were last year in offensive metrics. They're worse this year in record. I don't know if they make the playoffs this year. But I don't know. I, I come back to, like, what kind of offensive coordinator do I want to give – the upgrade to go into head coaching. It's, it's ones that are showing that they're willing to do different. Like, I think it's people like Walter and it's people like obviously Mike McDaniel getting an opportunity. Those are the offense coordinators that if you have proven you can run a creative new offense and then at the same time, maximize talent that has otherwise not been leveraged. Well, and I think Geno Smith is a glowing example of that. I don't know. I, I think it's always difficult naming coaching candidates because Oftentimes you're you're naming them because you like their offense or you like their defense and seeing how they transition into a role where they're managing other people and who they hire and all that stuff is is hard to do. But for his offense and for Waldron has done creatively in Seattle and what he's done with Geno Smith, he's number three for me. 
I don't hate him as a head coach candidate. I do think that he's going to get blamed a lot for the fact that the offense this year is not obviously lived up to expectations. I think much of that's mm-hmm. their, their offensive line's just been decimated, though. Like, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is they cannot pass protect, so they can't run what they want to run. And what Geno Smith does best, which is you know the drop back passing game. Fun fact about Waldron got his start as a grad assistant at Notre Dame before my time, though, right before I got there, but. I I would I'd be surprised if he gets a look at head coach this offseason. I will say. I think Three he gets interviews. OC. You don't think he gets interviews? He probably gets interviews, but I'd be surprised if he's like he is a head coach this time next year. I'll just I I'll say I'd probably be surprised. Just because he's also still young too. I mean, 44 years old, which I guess maybe not that young in for, as far as head coaching candidates go nowadays, but still like he could even be the heir apparent in Seattle, you know, with how old Pete Carroll is there. So we shall see. All right, my number three. And you can call me a homer if you want. But I have Bobby Slowick, the Houston Texans offensive coordinator, as a prime candidate. They go from 31st in points per drive a year ago to 10th this year with a rookie quarterback. And now CJ Stroud's awesome. That's, you know, he's not doing that with Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Like, you're not doing that without a guy who's a flat-out dude like CJ Stroud is. But at the same time, the guy knows offense. The Shanahan tree right now in terms of offensive coordinators around the NFL is just like they can't miss, right? You really throw a dart at one of these guys and seemingly every single one hits wherever they go. It's like the anti-Belichick tree at this point. So I I think he's definitely going to get a lot of the credit for that, for C.J. Stroud's early success and probably rightfully so. And he's, you know, a guy who is forward thinking, analytically driven. He went worked at PFF for three years. He's a guy who's open to, I think the biggest thing that I came away impressed with him over his time at PFF was he never like thought he was better than anyone at PFF. He never came in saying, my dad was in the NFL DC. I coached in the NFL. Let me tell you football. No, he always wanted to learn from us and not the other way around. So I, I do think he's going to get looks. Does he get a job? He's still young, super young, uh, in his late thirties here, but I I put him at number three. I think he's gonna get interviews. I absolutely yeah. think he's gonna get interviews. I think he's going to get looks. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to him in the off season before and after they made the selection of CJ Stroud. And I I think what I come away impressed with with him is that he very much is something that we talk a lot about with coaching candidates, I think in off season podcasts in previous years, is he's willing to do whatever it's gonna like it, it, it's not, he's not beholden to any specific offense or any specific, yep. you know, mentality. Even it's something that like being an amoeba, being someone that's willing to kind of like pattern mash and stuff like that off of what the players are looking for and what even the head coach is looking for and what he's doing in Houston. I don't know. I think that CJ Stroud is getting a lot of credit and deservedly. So I think what he's done in and out of structure of that offense has been incredible. The ball placement is something that we saw at Ohio state that he's carried mm-hmm. into the league, but there's part of me that also needs to even be on like the creative, the creativity of the offense and the design of the offense, preparing a rookie quarterback for the NFL to start this quickly is very freaking hard. It is so hard to, and that I think again, speaks volumes to CJ Stroud's demeanor and his work ethic and his approach to the league, but to come in as a first year offensive play caller to bring in a rookie quarterback and be able to run a quarterback room, be able to run an offense to a degree that is professional enough and organized enough to hit the ground running like C.J. Stroud has. We have not seen 
this efficient of a start for a rookie since Justin Herbert. We all know the records that Justin Herbert broke his rookie season. Like, and Justin Herbert didn't even start week one. Like, CJ Stroud has been the starter since week one. I don't know, man. I think it's there's every reason to pour praise on on Slowick. Whether or not he gets a head coaching interview next year or a head coaching job next year, I do think he's going to be in the interview process. Yeah, it would. I mean, at this point in time, like the guys who coach those high end quarterbacks, like they just it, fair or unfair. They're the ones that get head coaching looks every year. Of course, like, of course. They, they, just, they just are. Yeah. I just number two. You know who my number two is. It's Jimmy. It's Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Bring him back to the league. I have one stat, and it's the only stat I need. Among coaches with at least 60 games coached in the NFL, in the history of the NFL, Jim Harbaugh has the fifth highest winning percentage. He only wins. He only wins. He has Michigan fans talking about Ohio State like they're Michigan or like they're uh, Iowa at this point. Like he has not single-handedly, maybe single-handedly brought Michigan back to prevalence. There's a and through controversy after controversy, and you could say he's a cheater. You could say all that. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I am all in on Jimmy getting another opportunity in the NFL. I know that there's rumors that the Chicago Bears could be interested if they move on from Matt Eberflus. There's always been rumors about his connection to the Raiders organization, his connection to Mark Davis. He is a leader, and he is a winner. And how he gets there, people have disagreements with the milk in his fridge and how he holds himself at press conferences. And I think he is a He's not a me guy, but he is definitely someone that enjoys the spotlight. He's definitely someone who is, is sometimes the loudest person in the room. And I think there are times where he's pushed a little bit. There are times where he's pushed the edges of what he wants to do. But people forget he had that winning percentage with a quarterback that literally was blackballed from the league after he left the NFL. Like, what he did in San Francisco was insane. And then what he's been able to do at Michigan with what I would say hasn't been a lot of good quarterback play. Right? Obviously, J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback that Michigan has had, but they've had success even before that. They've had success with Cade McNamara, who's the starting quarterback of Iowa this year. So I don't know. I, I think that Michigan, what he's done at Michigan, what he did in San Francisco, and when, remember when we were talking about, like, oh, I like Shane Waldron for his offense. This next candidate, uh, I, I like him for his offense. We don't know what they are as leaders of men. We don't know what they are as yes. managers of the game. We know what he is, and he has proven experience at that and not just proven experience, but like winning experience. Everywhere he's gone, he's won. Anyway. I left him off my list because I knew you were going to bring him up because I've seen you. Yeah, of course, of course. A zillion times at this point. But I <laughs> I have to agree. I mean, a lot of people, and obviously because he's, he's coached in the NFL, but also just like his leadership style. A lot of people say, you know, college coaches and how they treat like, you know, 18 to 21 year olds is going to be have to be different than how you treat grown men. I, I think the way just – Jim Harbour operates translates to any human being alive. It translates to a three-year-old. It translates to a 70-year-old. Like he's just mm -hmm. a straightforward, gonna tell you how it is, sort of head coach. And everyone respects that. Everyone respects a guy who is that, even if he's going to cut corners behind the scenes as well. So um, I do think though, he also is a guy that probably doesn't want to deal with all the headaches that are going on in college football right now, like especially around the Michigan program. Like, does he want to be on the road recruiting? 24-7. I think he's probably itching to get back in the NFL. Now, he probably wants to win a national championship for Michigan, and they may very well do that this year. But if they don't, I do think he probably still leaps to the NFL. I, I do think this is the time to strike with Aaron's hot, and someone's going to back him. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if if Tepper is just like, writes a blank check over to him, just to just because. like, Just, yeah. just because that's yeah. something he would do, right? Dave Tepper, like, 
the sort of impulse control of that guy running his team is seems low. And he said he was going to give up anything it needed to go get Bryce Young. I think he's going to give up anything it needs to go get the top head coaching candidate this offseason. And <clears throat> truthfully, like I said, I left him off. Truthfully, I think he'd be number one, in my opinion. Of oh, wow. Available. wow. If like if I had him on my list, but I obviously did not because of that. <laughs> All right, my number two is a guy who's uh, intimately familiar with the Harbaugh's, and it's Mike McDonald. Baltimore Ravens, D.C., was the Michigan defensive coordinator, University of Michigan defensive coordinator in 2021, but he's been with the Ravens since 2014. So he's worked his way up the Ravens organization. Obviously, the Harbaugh brothers spoke back and forth a little about him at some point in time. That's how he goes from the Ravens in 2020 to the D.C. of Michigan 2021, back now to D.C. with the Ravens the past two years. First in points per drive against this season. One of the most multiple defenses you will see in the NFL. And just like he's he's what's his scheme is kind of what's taking over and shutting down these modern offenses, which is just confusion. I mean, like is that's probably the new wave that we're seeing around the NFL. We went from the static cover three where you kind of knew where everyone was going to be, where everyone wanted to emulate Seattle, not realizing that it was just that Seattle had absolute dudes um, to this defense that's just doing everything they can to disguise what their intentions are in every single play. And that's why you see, I think, points per drive, points just in general, so far down around the NFL is because so many people are taking that playbook or just that approach to defenses. And it's really putting a lot of these quarterbacks in a bind a lot of times. I, I think I wanted to include Mike McDonald on my list, but I think you were going to include it. I think I think I think Mike McDonald is someone I want to join the Raiders coaching staff when they hire Jim Harbaugh. So that way Mike McDonald's able to <laughs> reunite with Jim Harbaugh mm. and, and, and it's just able to bring Las Vegas to, you know, multiple AFC championships. I, I want him to be a head coach, but I honestly would prefer him as a defense coordinator <laughs> under Harbaugh. And then Offensive coordinator, I think I want Lane Kiffin back in the league. If you really yeah, want to get going, that seems on the realistic. Ring, Jim Harbaugh, Lane Kiffin, Mike McDonald, let's go win some Super Bowls in Las Vegas. All right, you want my number one? Yep, let's hear it. I, I'm just surprised if he's not your number one as well. If he wasn't your two or three, Ben Johnson, right? I mean, yep. Ben Johnson's got to be the top guy. I, I have these numbers for you, and I'll let you wax as well. But like fourth rank, this is since 2022, since he took over as the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Fourth-ranked offense and success rate behind only Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Fifth in EPA per drive behind those same three teams and Philadelphia. Fourth in passing success rate with Jared Goff. It's not That's not in the stat book, but I added that. Fifth in EPA per rush and ninth in EPA-based rushing success rate. Like This has been a top-five offense by any metric you want in the NFL since he's taken over. And it's it hasn't been with a, an immediate injection of talent anywhere you know outside of the offensive line i'd argue like i think the offensive line is a unit on that offense that you'd say is up there with the best in the league yeah. if not the best in the league i think that the quarterback position is average if not below average i think even with amon ross st brown i don't think this is a top flight receiving core yeah. even after obviously after they traded tj hawkins now tj hawkins and now sam laporta has been great for them but like so much of their success offensively in my opinion has been what ben johnson has been able to do to scheme people open and protect Jared Goff from himself, right? Like you've seen through the first eight weeks of the season, Jared Goff, I think it was five total turnover worthy plays. And then I think five interceptions over the last two games, he's had six picks and it's been this injection, not injection, but like increase in pressure. Like 
He has the most turnover-worthy plays and the most picks of any player in the NFL when under pressure. Yeah, he's been only under pressure at like the fifth lowest rate in the league. Like it's when he's pressured, things go wrong. That's what defensive defenses have said about him forever. That's been the jury out. The jury's been out on that for him forever. Ben Johnson, in addition to the investment in the offensive line, but has done such a good job of helping him get the ball out quickly, design scheme, designing and scheming people open, leveraging play action. Like he is someone that if you wanted to pour praise on Shane Waldron and what he did with Geno Smith, I think there's similar praise you could throw at Ben Johnson for what he's been able to do to where like people are talking about Jared Goff, like he's a top 10 QB. Like there are tweets out there. People are tweeting like that. And it's obviously just, I think Ben Johnson. Yeah. I have him as my number one as well. And big reason why is just, you watch that offense and I don't think anyone gets easy mismatch layups as much in the NFL as he does just through via personnel and formational usage he gets mismatches whether it's you know Amon Ross St. Brown on a linebacker whether it's Sam Laporta leaking out uh, to a flat with no one defending him like there's just that offense has so many more layups just watching it than any other offense I see around the NFL just purely via what he's dialing up and, and I love his game plans and obviously like they always start hot seemingly the Detroit Lions because uh of the scripts that he keeps going so also, guys, uh, incredibly smart. He was a engineer uh, in major back at uh, North Carolina. Computer science, or excuse me, computer science. Which is that engineering? I'm not sure. It's like close. I should know that. Um, mathematics, computer <laughs> science. Had almost a perfect ACT score in math, and he's an absolute like the guy's smartest can be. And he's also learned under one of the best like leaders. Trees. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like leadership head coaches in the NFL. Like you're at least like absorbing some of that. We're talking about guys who, you know, we don't know what their leadership style is going to be. I, I think with Ben Johnson, you kind of know he's going to be like you, he at least knows what it looks like to be part of a well-run organization at this point. I, I'm reading the tea leaves here a little bit as well, but to just comment on more of like what you said in terms of like who he's worked under, mm -hmm. I think it says a lot that he was with the Detroit Lions before Dan Campbell got there. And oftentimes when new head coaches come in, they are not, you know, they are not, they always do bring in their guys. They're bringing in their guys and are hiring other people. So the fact that he was evaluated and Dan Campbell was like, no, 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 we're keeping this guy. That to me, I think is in a league driven by hire your buddies, hire your people with the same last name. I do think that speaks volumes to just the type of talent he is. Cause it's so easy. I'm not, I'm saying D'Amico Ryan's has done a lot of really good things in Houston, but like when you look at the people he brought over, a high percentage of that coaching staff were people he was working with in San Francisco. It's like yeah. bringing in people you know. Staying with Detroit through the Dan Campbell transition, I think, is a very big tip of the cap to like, no, we have to keep this guy around. And people in the building telling Dan Campbell that when they hired him, it was like, you're going to want to keep this guy around. So I, I, I am in, I am impressed by that. I, um, I'm excited to see who he – who do you think he gets? Who, who go gets Ben Johnson? Because I think he's going to be the hottest name. So that's going to be the interesting part is where these kind of dominoes fall. Like I said, I think the Panthers are going to really shoot for the moon in terms of like, I think they're going to go after Harbaugh. If not, then I think Johnson would be then who they'd go after next. But then it's like, who else is going to be, what other jobs are going to be open? Chargers. Main Chargers for Ben Johnson feels like, feels like what's going to happen. I think that ben one Johnson, yeah. would make the most sense in my opinion. But then also Chargers organizationally, if he was declining some jobs last year via organization, that may not be the one you want yeah. to go to just based yeah. off of that. But what are the jobs you think are even going to be open? So I think those two, you can firmly say. I think it was Schefter or Rappaport. I, I think the Bears as well, which, right? 
One one of them said Raiders. Schefter Rappaport said seven to ten openings, which I think is a, that's a lot for where 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 we've been in previous years. But obviously Carolina is open. I don't think Gannon gets let go in Arizona. I don't think no, Gannon no, gets no, let go no. in Arizona. I think Belichick in New England part ways after this year, though. I, okay. I, I honestly do. I don't think Belichick's in New England next year. I think Iberflus is out in Chicago. I think Ron Rivera's Riverboat Ron is out okay. in Washington. Whether they promote Eric Bieniemy or they actually do an actual coaching search, I think he's out. Um, Dayball staying. Yeah. D- D- Todd Bowles, gotcha. I think staying. Sala out. I think Rob Sala's done. I-, I honestly think that he's out too. It might be. Although Aaron was... Rodgers will have a big say in that, though. If Aaron Rodgers likes Rob Sala, he's staying. Rob- Aaron Rodgers has his whole grip on that franchise. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. It's like. Can you really fire Sala when everything that's going wrong with that team is Aaron Rodgers related? It's Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles. It's Aaron Rodgers bringing in his buddies to be pass catchers that all stink. And Aaron Rodgers just bringing in his OC that also stinks. I bet, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know who I think is a candidate if uh, Sala does get moved on? Rob Sala, uh, Rodgers makes a play. Randall Cobb, head coach of the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. James Jones, New yeah, York Jets head coach, James Jones, Jordy oh, Nelson. No, Rogers just takes over as head coach. He just, That's, they turn the keys yeah. over. He's calling every single play, <laughs> offense and defense. Right now, 2024 New York Jets head coach, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to a little more conversation with Austin Gill in a second. But first, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates to interview as possible. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of over a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have to have that many. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, I I had a couple more things. I know we went through our top three. We got some extra time. This Aaron Rodgers Achilles stuff. Some people are saying he was he it's had fake. a high ankle sprain and it's been all faked. Or like what what what's going on? What 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 do you think is actually happening? What give me the play by play on what you actually think is happening with Aaron Rodgers in this whole thing? Well, I do think he's psychotic enough to be doing twenty four seven treatment and like taking it more seriously than anyone else has taken an Achilles tear in their entire life. Um, and like getting you know round the clock treatment and stuff on that, and has like three sources <laughs> to do so. But also. He's not running. He's not doing anything that's like stressing his Achilles, right? Is the other yeah. thing. It's all very ancillary. If he had to play running back and had to like be at have full strength of his legs and do anything like that, 
Yeah. I mean, he's probably two or three months away from anything like that, which was the timeline for Cam Akers. But he doesn't. He just has to stand there and throw. So I, I think it's, I mean, fully Achilles tear. I don't think there's any like anything nefarious going on there. Why, why, why do you Twitter think doc diagnosed that right away? Why do you um, think he's pushing it? Haters. The Jets have like always legitimate. Yeah. done everything yeah, it's haters it's, haters. it's I always said that. Yeah. i mean it's like go back to chico his days juco it's always <laughs> just been to get back at everyone who didn't believe in him i mean that's truly it oh it's, man because like i, I he, you know they, they, i think there were some quotes whether it was mcafee or wherever he was talking he doesn't want to come back if the jets aren't in playoff contention when and it's like the yeah. jets are way out of playoff contention yeah, they're, like, they're they're not in playoff contention it's not going to happen um but to even like start throwing on it and all that stuff and him being activated within I have you ever seen a player where a team activates their 21 day practice window from IR and not come back? I, I feel like that's they always come this back. would be yeah, this would be the only time they don't, which if he doesn't, which I think is likely, it just goes to show who's who's got their hands on the sticks, honestly. Like it's like, yeah, activate me, activate me. I mean, he make you have to you hate it's not that dissimilar to I think he has the same amount of control as Deshaun does in Cleveland in that, like, yeah. he calls the shots. What he wants goes. Now, I don't think Deshaun is offering his opinion of the players they bring in as aggressively or as, like, clearly as Aaron Rodgers is. Like, it's obvious that Alan Lazard yeah. and all these other guys were brought over for this reason. So, I don't know. I The Jets, this has worked out terribly for the Jets and maybe maybe the worst case scenario for the Jets would it have been better if he played this year and he was okay and they missed the playoffs I don't well, know well then they would have lost their first round pick true um, true true yeah that's a good question I don't know I mean now you it's not it may not be worse because now you know Zach Wilson's like just completely toast so like you could have had he played not I think the worst was been him not playing well Mm -hmm. would have been the worst but you so you play in the whole year he's not playing well you miss the playoffs you go you know seven and ten say miss the playoffs he's just lost it then he retires then you're like okay let's see if zach's got it then you give zach one more year and he stinks right i think that yeah. would have been worst case scenario so this way you almost and him coming back from this you almost get like a primer to say like hey is it actually going to work with him and oh gosh i'm blanking on oc's name at the moment but um him and Hackett. Hackett. You know, if this is actually going to work with this, and then you kind of can evaluate. So it's maybe not be worse, but it's definitely nowhere close to what Jets fans were expecting at the end of the year. They were thinking yeah. him running out of the tunnel with the American flag. It was electric. Like, I got to be honest. It was electric. I loved it. I thought it was like fantastic. I, I still feel, I think you're right. I think you're right. That him going like eight and nine, seven and 10, playing poorly, and then retiring after this year. So the Jets lose their first round pick are ultimately kind of forced to throw Zach Wilson back into it. And maybe like there's this whole off season hype cycle, PR cycle of like a year under Zach, a year under Aaron Rodgers has yes. changed Zach Wilson. And he's like, you know, whatever. And then they go into the next year and they play like somehow like way worse. Um, that would have been the worst case scenario. This scenario still sucks. Oh, because yeah. there's a it's really a, good, it's chance. a wash of a year. This year just yeah. is hard to watch. It's impossible. To you watch. wasted this year. You wasted all this talent that you have on this roster. That's still like in the prime of their careers, like Brees and sauce and all these guys. I think even DJ Reed, the outside, the, the, he's been yeah. awesome for the jets next year. What, what, what's, what percentage of the range of outcomes do you think have the jets as a legit playoff contender, not a wild card, 
buzzer, but like, yeah, that's like, what is Rogers going to be? Right. And Achilles yeah. at his age is not just a walk in the park. Even, even, if, even if he comes early back from times. it, it's hard to get that like muscle musculature back in your legs when you're that old. I remember Peyton Manning at post, uh, you know, quad tear, he'd had zero arm. Like it just like goes, I don't know. And yeah, so we'll see, yeah. but I, I don't I think, think... Uh, he's got, MetLife's not going anywhere either. I think if there's anything, if, if we talk about Aaron Rodgers' power, maybe he's able to change the grass there. Big grass. <laughs> if, he if anyone, might be able to, if, if anyone, anyone could. Can, if anyone could, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so we'll, we'll see you there. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, brother. Well, thank you for coming on, as always. Uh, anything you got coming down the pike over at the Ringer? Nothing Nothing too much right now. Working a lot on uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, but it's always great to check in with you. Yeah, for sure, brother. All right, see you next week. Always great catching up with AG. That's it for today's episode. We will be back yet again tomorrow. You have been listening to Renner Ranks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.